It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Research. Outdoor Research makes great-looking and high-performing gear for all types of adventure. Their apparel is so solid that OR is like that ski partner that always seems to have hot drinks, or the climbing partner that jumps at the chance to lead the scary off with pitch to the summit. If OR gear could talk, it would say just the right thing to make it all better when you start to feel nervous about the next lead, or when you yard sail off a kicker right in front of a pack of snarky groms. So if you want gear that feels like a high five and a fist bump on a badass summit, hit up OutdoorResearch.com or your favorite local shop and feel like you found a new best friend. Twenty seventeen was an incredible year for climbing. Adam Andra established the hardest rock climb to date, and Margot Hayes and Angie Eider pushed forward the limits of female sport climbing. Oh yeah, and Alex Honnold free soloed El Cap. But what happened in 2018? Off the top of my head, I couldn't think of much. But in fact, it was a year in which everyone's levels just seemed to rise. Yes, there wasn't one significant breakthrough on par with what we saw in 2017, but 2018 was a year in which there seemed to be just many personal breakthroughs across the board. I'm Andrew Bisharat, and you're listening to the Runout Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Caloose. And today, we are joined by James Lucas, an editor at Climbing Magazine. We invited James on to help us turn back the wheel of time and review one of the most forgettable, yet surprisingly significant years in climbing, and even make predictions for what's ahead. Uh, First episode of 2019, here we are, and we're going to review... Last year. <laughs> last year or the year before last year? Well, we're going to start with 2017 in order to give us some context in, in terms of what is happening in 2018 in climbing. And on our show today, we've got James Lucas, who is an editor at Climbing Magazine to be our media expert and provide the history and facts that we are inevitably missing as we discuss climbing. James, how's it going? Oh, good. I like being known as an expert now. Like it, it's pretty <laughs> rad. I've got I've got Google set up. I can I, I can Google anything. It's a well deserved honor. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's get this kicked off. And uh, just to rehash what happened in 2017, which was I think one of the biggest years in our sport. First free solo of El Cap. Okay, done. Ooh, that That's was the a good end one. of the list. That's the end of the list. That didn't happen this year. 2017. Okay, that was Two the movie. Years ago, right. we're in 2019 now. Okay, yeah. Okay, so 2017, first free solo of El Cap. First female to climb a 515A. First female to climb a 515B, and then uh, the first ascent of a 515D, hardest route in the world. So that was a lot that went down in 2017 in terms of just superlative climbing achievements. Yeah, with rock climbing. We're going we're gonna to kind of... With rock climbing. Yeah, we're going to yeah. stick to rock climbing. 2018, what happened? What, it, it, before we go to our notes, just what stands out in your memory? Free solo. He free soloed El Cap again? <laughs> no, no. That, the, the movies came out. Yeah, the movies came out. Yeah. Both the, uh, as far as actually media stories... 
that that was a big i mean climbing rock climbing media stories were two big things even though the ascents in donwall and free solo happened in previous years but yeah those two things but what happened with rock climbing i'm not looking at my notes god i thought that silence happened this year too yeah i think a a lot of people thought of things that happened a few years ago but mostly what happened in 2018 was like a consolidation of uh, of climbing. 2018 was people backing those up with more second tier achievements and kind of like repeating stuff, um, more people climbing hard and at a higher level. I think that somehow Alex Hunnell and Jimmy Chim have just wiped my memory clean of all <laughs> other climbing through just through overwhelming me with images of, of free soloing El Cap. Yeah. It's like the two. It's we like can, the, we can post a photo that we have of you watching Free Solo, where your eyelids are peeled exactly. open, like in Clockwork Orange. Exactly. Jimmy and, Chin's just eye, putting eye drop, like moisturizing drops into your eyes while you watch Free Solo. Over yeah, it's and like over. the two minute hate in 1984. It's like I, I don't even know if if uh, if Alex Honnold really Free Solo El Cap. I'm just like taking their word for it at this point. It's like tell me it happened. I believe you. There, there was CGI in the film of him doing the boulder problem. What? Yeah, it's no, true. No, get out of town. Don't say that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, We're going to get sued. I, I made his I hands was... look bigger than they really are. <laughs> I thought I was the expert on the show. Okay, all right. Anyway, so yeah, let's go to the actual facts of 2018, shall we? Okay. One climber who had a really outstanding year is uh, Jakob Schubert. He um, basically crushed a bunch of Chris Sharma roots. He flashed Catalan Witness the Fitness, uh, which was called a V15, but when he flashed it, he was like, no, that's like only V14. Yeah. He sent Stoking the Fire, 15B, Third Descent. He did Neanderthal, another 15B, and El Bon Combat, which is another 15B slash C. Um, but he called it soft. He called it like 9A+. Um, and then you know, prompting even Sharma to weigh in, which is like a kind of a rare thing. And was just like, now, you know, Jakob is just like crushing right now. Like he doesn't have a sense of how yeah, strong he, he is at the moment. Just like how strong he is. Right. He, he, he won, won the world championships. He won the world cup. Yeah. He won the lead in combined, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was like a big thing. And, and I think this supports what you were saying, James, just about how there weren't like real big firsts, but there was just like this overall rise in, in the tide mm-hmm. of climbing where the, all the levels came up. Do you think the run out listeners are going to care about Jakob Schubert? Yes. We have a very uh, erudite group of listeners out there that want, <laughs> very that this is what they listen for. Yes. Yeah. I actually, yeah, so, yeah. so they're, they're sitting there with their um, berets on and scarves, <laughs> drinking an espresso, admiring our worldly knowledge of climbing. Mm. Right, let's, let, let's go back to the U S then. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So just, is just like a running list, no particular order. Uh, but, uh, Paige Clausen had a good year. Oh yeah. Necessary evil and mm-hmm. algorithm, uh, necessary evil being 14 C at the VRG algorithm and, uh, 14 D at the fins, mm-hmm. um, second ascent. And, um, I should also preface that with Michaela Kirsch doing necessary evil the day before, page so she right. did the first female scent and page got that right after mm-hmm. um j star uh jonathan Seagrass did jumbo love third descent is that um, the hardest route in the states i think um, that's the hardest route yeah mm-hmm. grade wise 515b yeah and also commitment wise it's pretty it's pretty intense it's actually a ways up to approach that thing and, and yeah. put your laps in on that thing 
Yeah, you for need a um, you need a Hummer three or 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 higher <laughs> <laughs> just to get to the approach. Um, Adam Andra had a good year, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he flashed five fifteen A with a route called Super Krakenet at Saint Leger, France, and uh, that was, I think, the first flash of a five fifteen A or uh, officially, so to speak. He onsighted two 8C pluses, one of them being Just Do It at Smith. He did uh, a total of 10 first ascents in the 9A to 9B range. So that's 14D to 515B range. And um, two of those were 515Bs. Uh, Alex Magos, first ascent of Perfecto Mundo. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that, and, and then uh, Stefano Gisalfi also repeated Perfecto Mundo later this year. So that means that four people now have climbed 515C. Yeah. When it, um, so Alex, Stefano, Sharma, and Andra. Yeah. When I um, saw when I saw Magos in the gym earlier tonight, I asked him, oh, what were the most significant achievements in 2018? And he was like, well, I did Perfecto Mundo, and so did Stefano. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that route is a, a special route to... Another Sharma project that I think Chris is like still working on, but um, pretty cool line at Margalef, really steep, um, and certainly really hard. All right, so and then we have uh, Babsy and her boyfriend, whatever his name is, <laughs> Jacobo. <laughs> no, it's they just her boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, like we we joke about them, but they're these guys are just like such bone crushers. Yeah, he did yeah. Uh, Necessary Evil too. This, Perhaps uh, he did? Uh, no, Jacobo. Oh, Jacobo did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Babsy did uh, Speed Integral. What's that? Uh, it's a it's a nine A in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, Cedric Lachat route. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Yeah, and she she also did the path at Lake Louise. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Fourteen A R trad route. Um, her boyfriend, whatever his name is, also climbed it. Um, and then the, the this duo also just crushed the the Iger. Did the three hardest rock cl- climbs on the Iger: Odyssey, mm-hmm. Magic Mushroom, and Deep Blue Sea. I don't. Is it weird to say that most Americans don't know who Babsy is, or is that am I just outdated with that? Uh, I mean, I would say most. Yeah, yeah. You just took all of climbing, um, yeah. but I think of sort of core hardcore. She's definitely rising up as this you know just incredible uh inspirational climber for both for both genders but obviously as a as a role model for women she's like top of the heap and i just brought up gender but but you know she's definitely one of these these women climbers that kind of defy that like you put her in the group with i mean only tommy caldwell and her boyfriend are the other two people in the world to to free magic mushroom on on el cap so yeah it's like she's right in the mix you know yeah they've freed so many el cap routes it's kind of crazy what do you think of james what do you think of the magic their magic mushroom ascent that was a, a 2017 ascent but what- yeah it was really late in 2017 i think it was december it was pretty significant i mean they came in and they went to work those guys are like real el cap climbers yeah that thing's really hard and it doesn't see any traffic because it's not like it's not an easy style and it's just hard climbing. Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, it's like really highly rated sort of chimney and squeezes and grooves and stuff yeah. from what I, I can tell. Yeah, you're like laybacking and yeah, I don't think the climbing's like, it's physical cap climbing. 
Right. So for those guys to like come and uh, send that route, it just shows how much time they've put into climbing out on El Cap and how well they know the formation and how strong they are. The other thing is that they're they're in that mold of they go everywhere on every rock in almost mm-hmm. every style and walk away with like sending test pieces. Yeah. You know, whether it's trad routes in Wales or it's on sport climbing at at uh, Arco or they're on mm-hmm. El Cap. It's like they go there, they project and do a few of the hardest routes there and then they bail to the next spot. And it's, yeah. it's like old school, you know, Henry Barber stuff, just walking mm-hmm. in and sending and then leaving, you know? So um, in the trad scene, uh, switching gears, uh, we have a significant first male ascent with uh, Carlo Traversi on Meltdown. That's, what do you think of that, James? I'm pretty impressed that he did because I know he's having like trouble placing the gear for a little bit. And and it's also been um, attempted by a lot of climbers, a lot of like locals um, and then visiting foreigners. Jorg Verhoeven was trying it earlier this year, and so was his girlfriend Kata, who are both like solid rock climbers. Um, uh, I think Ron tried it a long time ago before Beth did the first ascent. So it's impressive that uh, Carlo, who's kind of like traditionally known as a uh, strong boulder, was able to get his granite game on and tech it out. Yeah, but Carlo's a he's a really all around climber. I'm always impressed watching Carlo climb. He's a good sport climber. He's he's a good track climber. You know, he hasn't come out to say this, but I, I've pr- kind of privately gathered that he thinks this thing is maybe even harder than 14C, which I think would be exceptionally significant in in terms of what we know about climbing, mm-hmm. if potentially. The one and only 514D trad climb in the world was established by a woman 10 years ago and has only now just been repeated by a man. Wouldn't that not change everything that we know about the sport? Crickets. (laughs) 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 Are Are you challenging us to do some sort of thought experiment? Uh, about about just the world of climbing and, and well, gender I'm, I'm roles. I'm trying and... to. I mean, it, okay. So you, here's two headlines: someone repeats a route from ten years ago after working on it for four seasons. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. One of the strongest climbers in the world repeats a trad climb first established by a woman from ten years ago that may actually be the world's first five fourteen D trad route. That's like a significant thing. Yeah. Right. right? So there's two ways of looking at this. And, and and I think that those little details that could come out over time could potentially change um, just our understanding of, of where we are in terms of our progression and, and what's possible. Yeah. I mean, Beth is really good at that style. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if the meltdown was harder than 14C. Yeah, I think we'll just have to wait and see what future ascensionists say and uh, and and how hard this route really is. But I'm well, hopefully, to see. Hopefully, Carlos ascent, you know, repeating it doesn't sort of cool other people's interest in it because mm-hmm. it it would be interesting to have a few ascents consolidate an idea of a grade. This next one um, the, in the good trad action, I think, is one of the stories that 
I think sort of like magic mushroom in the dead of winter last year, like this happened just recently. And I think it got sort of swept away. And again, in the free solo frenzy, Sonny Trotter did a new free variation to El Nino 13 B called pineapple express. And, you know, another sort of variation because, uh, or a variation because El Nino had, what was it, James? It had a, a the, rappel in it or yeah. a, a pendulum. Man-powered repel is what the Ubers did, but I think most people just repel. What the Uber bomb did is they like climbed up and then they couldn't connect these two, uh, crack features. And so, uh, Alex was just like, Tomas, hold the rock. And Tomas grabbed these crimps really hard, and then uh, Alex just repelled off of his waist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just, I'm just going to try to per- picture that, and I'm going to, in my, in my mind's eye, they both have no shirts on and leather pants. And they're so. singing, the fields are alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and so a lot of people climb El Nino, but they they don't mention that it's like 513C A0. It's, it's actually hard to find all free routes on El Cap. And so, like, Sonny's uh, variation, though, I, I think it's only like five pitches or so, is actually pretty significant because it makes another part of El Cap go free. The first, like, five pitches of El Nino are kind of heady. And those are the ones most people have trouble with and that are kind of scary. Um, I, I suspect Sonny like made his variation reasonable, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not sure what the bolt count is on it. And then he, they, he put it up in a, I mean, after working it out, he did the actual free ascent in a day, right? That's correct. He had uh, Tommy Jumaring for him. He like worked it with Honold. Um, and they bolted it and equipped it. And then, um, the peregrines came and the wall was closed for the season. And then, uh, Honold had to go on tour for, uh, free solo. So he wasn't able to like actually go rock climbing when you, you're a rock star. You don't get as much rock. <laughs> you just get to rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, there it is. Free solo runs through every part of this conversation. It's just <laughs> yeah. always there. Yeah. Not unlike Big Brother. <laughs> waiting, watching. But uh, Sonny's writing something for Climbing Magazine about this. Which is, cool. Yeah, which is So cool. we'll see that in what, like six months? <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Yeah, it'll come out before Free Solo 2. And like, well, before the second Don Wall. <laughs> Uh, we have Connor Herson, Free Climbing the Nose. My my personal favorite story of the year. Oh, that was a good one. 15 years old, or 13 years old? How 15. Old 15, yeah. And uh, at the same time, uh, Keita Kurakami, Rope Solo, Free Climb the Nose. Whatever yeah. that means. My most confusing story of the year. It happened at the same time, your favorite and most confusing yep. stories. They did within days of each other. Yeah. And and it's the same. It's the same as trying to picture the man-powered Huber rappel. I don't know how he did this, but he did it. The hills are alive. Mm. I think that was the the second rope solo, like free ascent, or maybe the third, because uh, Stefan Perone climbed the free rider a long time ago, 
And then um then Pete Whitaker did Freerider in a day, rope solo. And then uh Kita, which is pretty rad. I think he Kita got really close on the nose last year. Right. And there was some confusion in yeah. social media about it that he cleared up afterwards. Right. Like yeah, he fell on a pitch or got really close. Going back earlier, we have Tommy and Alex breaking two hours on the nose. Oh, yeah. Speed record. That was probably maybe the biggest climbing story of the year. What do you think? Mm, either that or those two guys dying right next to him while they uh, were speed climbing the nose. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole story was sort of wrapped up together yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, kind of, I don't know, just making it not less significant, but I think impact in a different way. At least it did for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't think that that record's going to be broken anytime soon. That stuff gets so dangerous and you have to be pretty strong to do it. You got to be almost free soloing like 511 or easy 512 up there to get that fast. Yeah. There is a space time physics issue of moving matter from one place to another that eventually it, you can't get it any faster. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, you took two of these guys that are definitely better than the best, if you will. There, there's, there's an interesting anomalies in climbing almost and put them together. So that combination and the desire to do it. Um, and like you said, to the desire to risk what it takes to do it. I don't know if it'll come along again and, you know, to shave a second or two off of it, if, if, if anything. Yeah, and, and I think it was an interesting aspect that uh, Tim Klein and Jason Wells were doing their own speed ascent, and, and they both died. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tommy and Alex had done the, the nose how many times that week, just trying to shave off minutes, and yeah. had they died, you know, just trying to get under an arbitrary amount of two hours, it would have been a totally different story, of course. But I, I, I think that those you know, the, these, uh, issues that we sort of wrestle with as climbers are just part of the sport. Um, and it's just the reality of, uh, of the risk that we take when we go out there. We have, uh, Lonnie Kauk. Uh, mm-hmm. he upgraded magic line to 14 C when he placed the gear on lead. So this route, uh, in Yosemite is a 14 B crack that Ron Kauk famously did. I believe it's only had one one other ascent, which is his son Lonnie. Yeah, this was the second ascent. And um, but he but he did the second ascent, but then he came back to it this year and did it placing gear, and said it was a grade harder doing it with uh, true red point style. Right, and did did the original ascent have? I mean, I would imagine we're talking about a matter of like a few pieces in the crux sections um being stoppers or something like that yeah i know he pink pointed it and i think there were like a small like purple tcus there's an old jim thornburg photo of uh of ron like laybacking above like some double zero tcus and a, a little like meltdown in that it's like an absolute like it's really techy i i i heard a rumor that there were some like super glued little foot chips on it, but I'm not sure if that's true. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> that's inside Yosemite talk. Yeah. And there, Come, coming straight from the center of the universe. Yeah. There's quite a lot of glue in Yosemite. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Stop. Stop the presses. What? <laughs> Dude, there, what about chipping? 
Oh yeah, there's chipping all over El Cap. Like what about piton scars? <laughs> what are those? I am so happy to have these conversations about climbing. I feel like this is like the part of the sport that I've been missing the most is just like the just the fucking in the weeds nuanced ethics of the sport. Like we've we've rehashed these discussions for 30 years, but it seems like we've just moved away from them in the last few years and mm-hmm. focused on other things. And and I just love this. Like I say bring it on. Yeah, that's why it's just a free for all. Yeah. Right now. We gotta go back to like slandering each other over every little thing on the internet. Um so you know, to kind of wire this shit back down a little bit, you know, like Ron Kauk is super gluing footholds onto Magic Line, like Dude, you know, bring that, it that, on. like my whole my Get whole me my popcorn. My whole like worldview climbing worldview just crumbled around me dude him and jerry reinforced the lightning bolt on midnight lightning (laughs) (laughs) not not enough to keep you from scraping it off yeah in addition to all the graffiti there's also glue on that boulder (laughs) all right and right 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 now because of the government shutdown there's probably shit underneath it too yeah exactly i'm just gonna as long as no there's no ranges there i'm just gonna go like glue a giant jug to the middle of it. <laughs> nice. In a, in a James Lucas disguise. <laughs> All right, so, so now that we're on topic, <laughs> aid climbing is not dead, unlike what my co-host pro- prophesized many years ago at the beginning of YouTube. We have Brandon Adams and Christopher Wickstrom adding a new route to El Cap, tw- a 22-pitch variation that weaves in and out of the nose, I believe, that they graded f- big wall grade 6, 510, A4. So what do you think about that? Oh, a climbing's alive. Yeah, it's alive and well. Yep. Yeah. I have no... Uh, I, I will express no recorded opinion. <laughs> Good have job, you, you guys. Yeah. Have you heard that Ariana Grande song? Thank you, next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so James, tell us a little bit about uh, what happened in bouldering. Well, I guess there's just like a uh, a few things that that I know of. Uh, Sean Rabitude did two V16s, including a, a low start to off the wagon, which is that, uh, I think it was in Real Rock a few years ago. It's that boulder problem where you climb off a wagon in Switzerland. And then uh, Daniel Woods did box therapy in... Uh, in Box Canyon in Rocky Mountain National Park, which was like this heinous uh, six-mile hike out to this V-16 uh, boulder. Um, and the, those were significant because they kind of uh, solidified the V-16 grade. There's now like a half dozen V-16s across the world, which is pretty rad. Um, and then Alex Puccio did uh, Penrose Step. Uh this summer, which is a V14 in Leavenworth, Washington. So what does that mean for where bouldering stands? Uh, is V16 c- considered like a c- consolidated grade at this point? Yeah, I think it, it's it's consolidated. Now that there's like people who are like starting to repeat some of the V16s and getting like close, close to sending them. Um, I don't think like maybe in uh, 20... 19 we'll see more v17s like let's maybe- talk about 2019 because i want to understand like what where we're going considering what we know about 2018 and 2017 so what 
where do we think 2019 is going to head? Is it going to be another 2018 or another 2017? Uh, I bet the first half of the year will be more like 2018. And then in the fall, we'll start to see some people like pushing the limits and uh, doing some slightly harder, harder routes. Like I suspect there'll be like one or two breakout performances in the fall or uh, early winter of 2019. Do you think we're going to see a a first like 516A first V18? Probably not. We'll probably see like another V17. I mean, even Andra said that he didn't think a 16A was within his realm and nobody's climbing as hard as he is. I think my prediction is that we're going to see just more Polish guys doing rad shit in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, but that's and an, I'm not going to know their names. Yeah, and I'm just going to be totally in awe of. What yeah, but they that's do. the thing is is you know that's an easy bet. Like Polish yeah. guys fucking doing gnarly yeah. things in the mountains. Like that's like Don't basically that saying stock. That, that, basically that stock saying is like going the, up. The sun yeah. is going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know about that bet. Well, more interesting to me is I think like who who to watch. Like who who are we um, who are we interested in? Do you see James as someone who's who's paying attention to media? Do you see? You know, someone that we haven't heard about that you think we're going to hear about more in uh, in 2019. Sean Rabbitu, he's he's pretty young. I think he's in his early 20s, and he's setting himself up to be one of the strongest climbers in the world. Daniel Woods is also climbing really well this year. Isn't he getting a little long in the tooth for the bouldering game? No, you can boulder pretty hard for a long time. I mean, you look at Dave Graham, who's uh, Dave's 38. Maybe he's like climbing V15. Right. Yeah. So. But I'm talking about, you know, bouldering really hard and having a breakout performance. Um, yeah. I'd be impressed. I'd be impressed. To, I mean, it'd be cool, you know, to prove that, yeah, you can sort of keep going your tendons and all the different parts. Well, that Fred, you Nicole, so like, much. Fred Nicole pushed well into his whatever. He yeah. Is. Didn't Clem mm-hmm. climb really hard? Clem lost guy. Yeah. yeah. So, well, cool. And then uh, Isabel Faust could uh crush for women she's been like a long time strong climber also do you have any predictions that aren't based on people who live in boulder (laughs) oh um that 13 or 14 year old girl um oriana bertone she did uh two v13s uh over christmas break in rocklands and then she also did a, a v14 earlier this year um, What's her deal? Where's she from? Uh, she's a French climber, I believe. And I like I like these stories where where kids do like completely awesome groundbreaking things on their breaks from school. Yeah, you know, <laughs> while, like these professional climbers are just like hammering away at it like twenty four seven, and like Connor, the Connor Hersons and the Ariana. What did, what was her name again? Bertone. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I got to get this done because I got to go back to school in three <laughs> <Yeah>. days. <laughs> they like can't reach the gas pedal in the in the VW van to get out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My prediction is that nothing is going to happen in climbing this year because everyone's going to be training for the Olympics. Oh. Yeah, I was, just, I was actually just thinking that how essentially like Andre has is more or less going to pull himself out of out of outdoor climbing um, until the Olympics. 
And so, yeah, I mean, which is two years away. I know. So, so what like, are we going to talk about? Well, you know, we'll just have to keep watching those videos from from silence and stuff yeah. until <laughs> until he's done. Well, yeah, maybe a bunch of these really strong climbers will realize they're not going to win gold, and they'll they'll switch to climbing outside. Yeah, we'll see about that. It's not about in like winning. a passive aggressive way too. <laughs> yeah. Just just like come up with some like shitty hashtag just to like spite everyone who's training in the gym yeah but the thing is is that i mean let's face it it's the olympics is mostly about showing up i mean so, so many athletes go to the olympics with like not a freaking hope you know in all the other sports yeah like competing like, against yeah. the same bolt i mean it's the guy that's just on the third set of blocks and is just dusted out of the camera like from the moment it it starts but they still go to the damn Olympics and they still try their hardest and stuff. So climbing will be no different. Yeah. Chris, I, I mean this seriously when okay. I say that I hope that you are the NBC commentator for the 2020 <laughs> Olympics. Because that cynical outlook is what I need to hear exactly. when I turn I just want to have a real, like the reality check. That'll oh, be man. my bit. We're going to go to a reality check from Chris Caloose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's be honest. Everyone here, it's all about just being here. It's all about showing up Dude. and draining that and draining that condom machine in the Olympic village. <laughs> Do you that, know about that? That's the only hope for America. <laughs> that they can drain the condom machine in the Olympic Village. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know about the condom machine? No. Yeah, no, supposedly, like, you know, these guys, a lot of these athletes are basically, like, celibate up to their event. And then, you know, if you're in, in the Olympics for, like, three weeks... And your events like on the first or second day, then you're just like released (laughs) just to do whatever you want. And you're like in this Olympic village with, you know, a thousand of the hottest specimens on the planet and just, yeah. So apparently like they can't stock the, the, the condom machine like fast enough. (laughs) Magnum golds. Did you get gold today? Uh, Yeah. Oh, really? In what event? Oh, no, different kind of gold. Um, It's a different kind of gold. I went through, I got a few of them. It's like the shot put. (laughs) I wonder if Americans will figure out that their Olympic dreams are dashed for Tokyo 2020. I don't know. It's not looking good. No, no. It's like Slovenia or Japan are going to win the Olympics. But there's going to be Americans who go as sort of like a token gesture of yeah that's what i'm saying yeah right. yeah mm-hmm. but no, they'll, they'll be, there. be a team yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be, be a team. team and there'll be a lot of competitiveness well, leading up to getting on the team right and then then they're just gonna be like well who on the u.s team is gonna you know oh, place no, the yeah. highest in the teens or whatever it happens to be i don't yeah. see an american winning the olympics no 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 way that's what i mean I mean, it'd be but nice. But we can if, all hope. Yeah. I mean, will one dream. even get into the combined final? I don't, I mean, unless somebody like appears out of nowhere in the next two years, I don't know. Do you guys think that you'd feel proud if an American won the Olympics in climbing? Or would you just not even care? I mean, climbing such like an international, we're already just like rooting for international people. It's like, I, I don't even think about the sport in that way as like div, as divisive in terms of where you're from do you think of it you know it's like i don't even care no i don't have a big big like nationalistic like thing in the game yeah just like a weird weird way to think about climbing all of a sudden i I just want to see the best climber win (laughs) 
<laughs> I, think you- I think that's the end of the episode. <laughs> 2019, James Lucas. I just want to see the best climber win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> If you have a comment, topic suggestion, or just a good bit of climbing trivia, join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash runoutpodcast, or drop us a line at our webpage, runoutpodcast.com.